The following thoughts and opinions we're going to discuss regarding this album are strictly of our own personal interests. We are not professional music reviewers. We encourage respectful discussion and friendly banter in each episode, but we do not condone and will not tolerate bullying or belligerence. You are welcome to take what we say regarding the albums we rate with a grain of salt. Well, hey there, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Rate the Record podcast, episode 90. Oh my god, we're so close to 100. But we're in the 90s now, man. This is where we thrive. This is the 90s, baby. Yeah, yeah. Uh, economic boom? Downfall? Rock I don't music. remember. Come on. Do you get a, oh, yeah. Let's stick positive. Let's do this. Uh, I was thinking more like Bill Clinton and all the bad stuff. The that Gulf happened War in the 90s. and stuff like that. Oh, yeah. yeah. And, and bushes and stuff like that, whatever. I, 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 don't, I don't know. I try not to pay attention to the 90s politics but other than politics your host who thrives in the 90s are chris and savannah and that is no more true than it was before yeah we were like tiny little children in the 90s we were like little fetal like loaves running around for a little while and then we eventually became teenagers yes with absolutely no steps in between exactly fetal loaf teenager that's that's how it works 100 percent Anyways, yes, thank you for stopping by and hanging out with us today for this episode. We are back for season five, the second half of season five, I should say. We took a took a bit of a break there, but you know, we got more albums to oh. look at, and that's par- partly what we're doing today. Partly, that's exactly what we're doing today. <laughs> but before we get to that again, I just want to say thank you for uh, joining us, hanging out. If you like what you see and or hear today, then make sure you do one of the following or a bunch of the following can really help us. It's like, subscribe, rate, share, comment, follow. Any one of those six things really helps boost us in the algorithm, more eyes and ears on the prize, more people like you, more awesome people like you to get in and discuss these albums and be part of this musical community that we're building Brick by brick by hand by hand that looks like brick. By mortar, by wood, by hay, by straw. Yeah, I stopped doing that a long time ago, but every, <laughs> once, every once in a while I'll throw it back in for nostalgia's sake. Because, you know, 90s are nostalgic for us. Wow. <laughs> but only the good stuff. Yeah, more or less. I mean, Nine Inch Nails was there, so I'm, I'm very happy with that. <laughs> Fair. But yes, yeah, so today is episode 90, and today we are celebrating an album anniversary. Something's turning 20, so it's not even in the 90s. Wow, what a way to kick off the, the 90s portion episodes <laughs> oh, by doing Lord. an album from 2003. And we are taking a look at Muse's album, Absolution. Uh, that is one I grew up with in high school. But to be honest, I don't think I've fully listened to Muse like before for today's episode since like probably high school oh wow like tail end of like 2008 2009 maybe 2010 like after i was like already out but still it's been a long time since i actually like thoroughly listened to them so it's been interesting i wish i could say the same thing admittedly aside from the new music review that i did i would say at least six months ago i had i had never knowingly heard a muse song ever um some of these song titles they sound familiar some of these songs Possibly I could latch on to something, but I am so disappointed I didn't listen to them in high school. Some of these songs right up my alley, at least at that time. Man, oh man, I was really missing out, I think. Yes, it's a very, uh, very grandiose version of indie rock Mm -hmm. (laughs) or even electronic rock if you want to like step into that, though. But we'll talk about more of that momentarily. But because if you are someone who's been here before, then 
you know, we got to get all this uh, hoo-ha, whatever the hell out of the way first. So, hey, thank you for coming back. We appreciate your company. Or I was going to say patronage, but uh, this is all free. So trust me, you haven't done mm-hmm. any of that. But thank you for being here regardless. But if you're new, welcome to the show. We hope you enjoy your stay. We hope you have fun hanging out, listening to music, discussing music, being a part of everything with everyone else. It's always good fun. So if you don't know what we do here, each week Savannah and I will choose an album, be completely at random. We choose whatever the hell we actually want to choose. Sometimes we'll do album anniversaries like today. For example, we've done plenty. We got plenty more coming up and album requests. Same thing. We've done plenty and we got plenty more, especially this part of the season. We got like three coming up uh, in the second half of season five. So get ready for that. But regardless, we will take an album. We'll listen to it from front to back. Like just then we read the record. We rank the songs and then we. And then I'll just like cut your voice in there. There you go. Yes, we write the record. There you go. Woo! I got it this time. Dead, dead on. I bet. Woo! You, you, you made this joke like three weeks ago about wanting to get ahead of me, so I knew it'd come back eventually. I literally have one joke and I write it into the ground. And then when I feel it's no longer funny, far past the line where everyone else stops finding it funny, then I'll think of something else, probably like a catchphrase from a show or something. I'm not sure. That's why I'm so glad that you forgot some of the jokes you used to do on this show. <laughs> they were probably really bad. And or you did them worse. like every single week. <laughs> yeah. I was just waiting for you to have some witty comeback, but you don't have that, do you? No, I don't. I don't. I'm all out today. That's fine. We we only had a week to, like, you know, cool off and, like, refresh and everything like that. Mm-hmm. By the way, we both came up with videos last week. The I Love This ser- uh, Song series came back last week. We each did a video. I did Ozzy Osbourne. Uh, Savannah did Donald Fagan. And that's that's a really weird name to say out loud. It but is hard, it, yeah. It, it, is a, it is his name, the lead singer of Steely Dan, so I'm not saying anything offensive. I have to yeah. like clarify that every time because I had people like wide-eye me when I said it out loud. I'm like, no, 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 that's his name. <laughs> yep. I I said it in the video and I was like, you know what? We're just going to own it. We're just going to say it. And then I think I forgot after the first time. So it wasn't too bad. Well, I mean, it's a good thing there wasn't another particular consonant at the end of his name or else it would have been very awkward. <laughs> moving on. <laughs> exactly. Okay. So moving on, actually, we can go right into today's album. As I said, we are celebrating the 20th anniversary of Muse's album, Absolution. Now, it came out on September 15th, so it would be last week at the point of releasing this episode. But it's still kind of in that vein, and because we we're off last week, we couldn't do it. So we're doing it now. Why not? And it was an album I loved in high school, so I would love to go back and revisit it, which, I mean, I did for today, and so Spana. So let me tell you a little bit about Muse and the album, Absolution. So Muse is an alternative rock band from Tainmouth, Devon, England. I I always have a weird time saying like the the English (laughs) names and everything like that. The band has all three of its original members, including vocalist and guitarist and keyboardist Matthew Bellamy, Chris Wollstenholm on bass and backing vocals, and finally Dominic Howard on drums and percussion. The band formed in 1994 when Bellamy auditioned and was accepted into Howard's band Carnage Mayhem. They would go on to ask Wollstenholm to play bass for them, and at the time he was actually a drummer for a band called Fixed Penalty, but he accepted the offer anyway. They changed their names to the Rocket Baby Dolls and took on more of a glam goth image. I, I hope there's images of wow. the timeline. I need to see this. I need to see like Robert Smith looking Matt Bellamy. Uh, <laughs> they entered a battle of the bands, smashed their instruments in protest after their set, but ultimately won anyways. And from there, because of that, they actually ended up taking themselves far more seriously. So they moved away from uh, Tain Mouth and changed their name to Muse. 
They would go on to release their self-titled EP in 1998 uh, under the indie label Dangerous. Their second EP, Muscle Museum, was released in 1999 and caught the attention of indie radio and the publisher NME. Muse would go on to sign with Maverick Records and release their full-length debut studio album Showbiz in 1999. Their second album after that, their the second official album, Origin of Symmetry, was released in 2001 and saw the band become more experimental with their sound and incorporating more instruments such as church organs and mellotrons. In 2002, the band threatened Celine Dion with legal action upon learning her Vegas residency was to be called Muse, which the band owned the rights to. So she offered the band $50,000. They said no, eventually told her to fuck off, essentially, and she backed off. So in 2003, they uh, didn't have to sue, sue Celine Dion anymore, so they went on to release their third studio album. I see you shaking your head. Do you, which, which part do you disagree with? I just find that ridiculous. It's like, I don't know. I, was anybody going to think it was Celine Dion and Muse playing? Apparently, Matthew Bellamy said he didn't want anyone to mistake it, thinking they were uh, they were her backup band. Yeah. So. Uh, well, I guess I mean you're really just starting trying to establish your name. I I get it. I feel like at this point in their career, you do that. And you're just like, come on, no one in the right mind is going to think that. But I I guess for early early times, yeah, it's fair. I mean, hey, it worked well in their favor. Fair enough. So for today's album, the third studio album, Absolution was released in Sept- on September 15th, 2003 through Taste Media. It was recorded at Grouse Lodge in Rosemount, Ireland and Air Lindhurst in London, England. The album was produced by Muse, John Cornfield, who also worked with Robert mm-hmm. Plant, Supergrass, Cashmere and more. Uh, Rich Costi, who has worked with FX Twin, Pavement, Ice Cube, Fiona Apple, My Chemical Romance, The Mars Volta. Uh, and more beyond that, too. Another huge resume right there. And Paul Reeve, who had been working with them since their early releases. The album deals in themes of fear, mistrust, and a generalized theme of things coming to an end, but also personal achievement and joy. So look at that. There's the uh, the brighter side of the coin there. Interesting. The album has mostly positive reviews. It holds a 72 on Metacritic. It comes with perfect scores coming from Alternative Press, 10 out of 10, Drowning in Sound, 5 out of 5, and other generally high scores like The Guardian, Q, The Scotsman, and our acquaintances over at All Music giving it a 4 out of 5. It went to number one in the UK and France and managed to get some other top uh, three rankings in the Netherlands, Ireland, Scotland, and Switzerland. The album went six times platinum across Australia, the UK, US, and Europe. It went nine times gold in as many countries, and the album produced six singles, Stockholm Syndrome, Time is Running Out, Hysteria, Sing for Absolution, Apocalypse, Please, and Butterflies and Hurricanes. Interesting. I've only heard two of those titles, so... For a minute there, I thought I missed Hysteria. I'm like, wait a minute, how's that not a single? <laughs> Although there is another song that will come up a little later that I mentioned I'm surprised wasn't a single. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, we'll, I guess, talk about that when we get there. We got a long way to go. Uh, so technically, there's 14 songs in the album, but we're cutting it down to 12 today because uh, there's an intro in the beginning that we're going to skip because it's literally not a song. It's the sound of marching boots. And there's an interlude that's like 37 seconds that ties in perfectly with Falling Away With You. So just, or I think it's just Falling With You, either or. Uh, regardless, we just tie that in as one rather than counting it as own track. So there's only 12 technically to look at today. Just so well, we're all caught up and on the same page. Good. Less yapping from us. Or exactly. more time to yap about things that aren't this. Well, I mean, this being the album as a whole, that's what we have to yap about now. Oh, of course. 
So again, song number one intro is going to be skipped. So we'll go right to song number two, Apocalypse, Please. Singer sounds like Gerard Way. And there are many instances in this album that that is a, that occurs to me. Um, not upset about it. Uh, just definitely taken aback. Um, some of the oct- higher octave runs he does uh, sound very nice. I was unaware that that was the type of singing that he did. So sweet. I look forward to more of that. And uh if you missed it in the beginning, uh, I have not really listened to Muse. I would say out of a hundred, maybe I've listened to one less than one percent of their offerings. So all of this is upon first listen, first opinion. Well, then good. Then it's it's good that I've met someone going into this with fresh ears. Mm-hmm. I mean, I can say that about a lot of projects that we've listened to in the past, where it's just like I've listened to this many times. You've listened to this now. Yeah, <laughs> right. Yeah, as I said, I, I kind of grew up listening to Muse. I think I first found them in like 2005, I think. Uh, I used to own one of their shirts, but back that was back when I was 135 pounds and I was used to fit into. Uh, 34-year-old Chris doesn't uh, fit the same way into it anymore. I don't even know where the hell it is. It's probably gone by now. Yeah. Cool design shirt, though. Uh, but also, here's the more important thing. Here's the proof that I saw Muse live. Uh, oh, wow. To the audio listeners, I'm holding up a... What appears to be a blank ticket stub, I assure you there is writing on If I get like really close, you can kind of see it. It's faded as hell. Yeah, it's you extremely can see the, faded. Uh, you can see the headings for row, seat, and everything, but yeah, everything else printed, <laughs> all gone. Yeah, I saw them in Mississauga, August 1st, 2007. It was in a giant airplane hangar. It was an absolutely like Ooh. incredible show, like visually. like It was an amazing show. They sounded great, too. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, very cool. So... I, I have a history with Muse, but as I think I said at the beginning, I haven't really listened to them since high school. So, I mean, like, it's been over a decade, maybe a decade and a half. Don't you dare with the uh, fucking bare naked lady thing. I saw your face twitch a bit. Set you I said it in such a way to it. It's been. <laughs> it was perfect. Oh, my God. You know, certain things that get you like that. <laughs> If you if you at home listening to this completed the lyrics after I said that, you have to comment about it down below. Where no matter where you're listening, please comment about it. I need to know how many people I just set off. I didn't realize how much of a fuse oh. that was, but I should. I was there when that song was huge. A whole generation. All right, Apocalypse, please, the actual song we're supposed to be talking about. Uh, yeah, a very, very grand opening to this track, an entire album as a whole, too. Just like mm-hmm. just like this very heavy, intense piano, like this beating on the tom drums and everything like that. It's like great mo- mo- moments of building in this song. I love it. And also, every verse builds really well into the chorus as well. Like, the verses are just kind of like building along with that, just like pounding tom drum stuff. Mm-hmm. And then you have like a pre-chorus that kind of transitions you to like more like layering and just kind of like a smoother sound. And then just like every chorus is just like this big showing of like sound. It's like it's hard to describe. There's just a, a lot going on. It's very big and it just keeps happening over and over again. I think it happens like three or four and, times to the entire song. And may I quote myself? There is something behind the chorus that fills in every gap in silence. I don't know if it's layered vocals or what it is, but I bet it would sound good on a quality sound system. Oh, it does. Yeah, I've listened to the many different headphones and speakers and all of the such, and I've heard it. No, I don't think they played it live. I can't honestly cannot remember at this point. But uh, I can imagine it sounds good live. But yeah, like this one works really well. Like it's a well-produced album overall. There are some like 
weak-ish moments on it when it comes to production, but overall, yeah. it's still pretty good. This one was really good. I did enjoy it for like qualities and like those kind of qualities, and even more than that. Uh, I, I think this is also a good showcase of like the vocal harmonies that they're mm-hmm. capable of, and I mean like. It's shown off of the entire album, but just like the fact that we're given this like in the first actual song of the album, like it gives you a good idea of what you're in for and just how in depth they go. Because I mean, like this band has a lot of influences that they wear on their sleeve. Like you'll hear like a lot of Radiohead in this album. I'm willing to bet there's like, you know, he's probably pretty big on Freddie Mercury and all like those vocal harmonies and stuff like that. Maybe even Brian Wilson to an extent, depending on what kind of harmonies you're looking at. But yeah, you can see where the influences roll in and they play on it really well. So yeah, good start to the album. I agree with it being a, a good like first track. Obviously, it's not it's the first musical track, um, but because the music itself, it feels like it's perpetually rising with no end. And it's kind of like audibly pushing you towards the next song. It's kind of like rising, rising, rising. And then you kind of bust through those double doors into the next song. And in the middle of the song, uh, it sounds like just hands sliding up and down a synthesizer, just back and forth with the falsetto vocals behind it. Like, I don't hear, and I mentioned this a couple times going forward, I don't hear a lot of rock songs with piano, and I really miss listening to stuff like that. So this sounds kind of, well, it's 20 years old, but it sounds fresh to me, which is nice. And the piano, it kind of makes it sound grand. Get it? <laughs> uh, yeah, look at you with your music humor. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> uh, not bad. First, uh, good first exposure to Muse so far. Unsure, but uh, good so far. Well, technically not your first exposure. I did make you listen to Hysteria a year ago, but you've clearly forgotten. That's true. I have definitely, <laughs> I did listen to it. Go. This sounds really familiar, but I couldn't place it. So. Yeah, and that first oh. that that first mixtape, I put it in like the bass section of the mixtape, and I mm. used to like divide the sections. Yeah, the one we did recently was more of just a playlist, but the other one was like curated as like here's this section, here's this section. Now then we finish with this section. Yeah, maybe all the yelling from Dillinger uh, kind of erased everything out of my brain by the time I got to it. But then you finish everything off with Snarky Puppy, and it all felt better again. I think I'm missing that part of my brain now. You loved that song, so you have to go back to it. I remember that you had high, high praise for it. Fair. Okay, uh, song number three now. Time is running out. (laughs) The intro? Okay, and yes, I did do this while I heard it. The intro sounds like when you're a child and you try to speak while inhaling. What? (laughs) Did you ever do that as a kid where you're like, yeah whatever the uh whatever the instrument at the beginning is that's totally what it sounds like like a humming synth bass yeah Yeah, well that's what it was and i was doing it going yeah this sounds accurate um i do have a question uh for you though because i definitely recognize it in this song uh he's really really breathy isn't he bellamy oh yeah like it does it change on any other albums uh i felt like i couldn't breathe listening (laughs) Get him gasp for air before every single line. I'm like, oh my! Uh, it, the it, first listen killed me. It is like that on other albums because uh, Origin of Symmetry is another one I'm familiar with, and that's another great album too. Uh, and yeah, the, you hear like a lot of those gasps and everything like that because it's usually a production yeah. choice of whether or not you want to leave it in. A lot of bands like yeah. you'll, you won't notice it in a lot of albums because like it's literally taken out. 
but other bands will leave it in for the purposes of intensity or just like yeah. more passionate emotion like just depending on what you're going for it makes sense to leave it in yeah i i kind of like it so long as it's not the loudest damn thing you hear which... oh my god it was one of the first time second time wasn't as bad but the first time oh it killed me it killed me later on in the album it works and it fits the vibe fits the atmosphere totally fine this song we want to rip my own ears off well then you were just talking about like the inhale talking thing so that's what oh, matthew bellamy is gonna do he's just probably gonna, he's like singing a line like Ooh, and then he's like matthew bellamy Ooh, you we're all robots <laughs> that's creepy <laughs> that's a didn't that Tenacious D do a song called Backwards Singing or in, no, it, like Inhale Singing or something like that? Where it's just like Jack Black was not, he didn't stop singing at all because he was exhale singing and then he was like inhale singing. So it never stopped. I've never heard that before. So I'm not sure. It's it's, it's, it's more of a comedy bit than it is. It's like a song, but it's on one of their albums. I know that much. I heard it back in high school. Again, another thing I heard in high school is fucking <laughs> a Tenacious D bit. God, they've been around God. for a while, haven't they? Oh, yeah. Holy fuck. Uh, but yeah, with uh, time is running out. Uh, this isn't initially the track I would have thought of to follow the uh, the previous one because obviously the first one was very intense. Mm -hmm. uh, but the the bigger choruses I thought made up for it too. Uh, and the second verse I, I will say too, on the other hand, was also really great because it was like quieter, but like there was chugging guitars and like spacious drums and everything like that. But just the start of this song threw me off of just like. You just got off this big intense high, uh, like the previous track. Then you come into this one, just like these finger snaps, and then just like the <laughs> humming bass and everything like that. It's just yeah. like, I don't know, man. That's not really how you follow it up, but okay. But in kind of a spoiler alert, this happens many times in this album. Many times yeah. in this album, <laughs> like hills and valleys everywhere will be like super intense or energetic, fast, whatever, and then this goes down to something quieter, smoother, and everything like that. It's just like this album. I think I say this like later on in my notes, but I'll say it now. It's just like this album often makes like leaves me thinking of like, I don't know how to feel at any given moment in time. Oh my God. Okay. So I didn't write this down, but I thought of this while I was writing it that a lot of other artists and, and albums, it's kind of like they tell you what to feel, right? Like you're going to listen to sort of ballads and you're you're meant to feel sad or you're kind of manipulate your feelings are manipulated. And when I listened to this album, I thought that they didn't tell you how to feel. They actually just don't give a fuck. <laughs> They're just like, you want to feel sad? Don't care. Want to feel happy? Don't care. And then they just go at it. That or they just go into like this really ballady thing and you can't tell if it's either sad or romantic. Yeah. And then at the end, it ends up with with the squealing guitars and they're just like, oh, you felt calm? Fuck you. And then they pull out the guitar. Um, But yeah, this song, it has an exciting flow to it. And like, I, I feel most of what makes the song exciting, though, starts to fizzle towards the end. I mean, it's just under four minutes. But there's not enough changing in it at any point that really kind of grabs me. So like the first two, two and a half minutes, maybe we're fine. Then after that, it's just kind of repeating the same things over and over again. So it's just kind of like, eh, I don't know. But overall, it's not a terrible track, though. I will say that. But just, I don't know. It, it just, it, it felt like it was lacking something that could have made it feel bigger. 
Okay, I have a couple things that mimic what you've said so far. Um, this song specifically, the chorus sounds so good, and I really like the way that it travels to the next verse. So even though the verse goes nicely into the chorus, it exits just as nicely. I like that. I really like the riff that immediately ends the chorus, and the use of higher notes kind of add twinkle to the chorus, kind of make it stand out. I like that. Uh, looking at the cover to this album, this song is what I would attribute to the imagery, just sort of what I was listening to kind of remind, well, kind of made me feel like I was ascending to the heavens. Um, and I, I agree with the end kind of feeling a little repetitive because I made note that it kind of feels like all one chorus, uh, after a while, I think maybe one or two verses and then it's just the chorus. And I really, listening to this, really wanted to join a band where they would just let me shake the tambourine or the egg shaker and add some hand claps. So if anyone wants to call me, I am 100% available. And if I'm not, I will make myself available. I already have hands and an egg shaker. So I'm like two thirds of the way there. You, you just stuck something in my head. We we're kind of talking. I mentioned off camera because we we're talking about something else and I won't get into that. But like I was mentioning that like you and my girlfriend have like a lot of similar musical tastes. And it's just funny because she often jokes with me about wanting to join my band and playing like tambourine or bongos yeah. or something. And I just, I just keep saying, just like, well, first just off, you don't even own too. one of those instruments. <laughs> yeah. And second well, off, no. <laughs> I, I'd like to think that her bringing it up is an entryway to, well, then buy me a set of bongos. Jeez. Really buy dropping the ball here. Self. She she can buy it her damn self. I, I've bought her like a like a laptop for Christmas before. Okay, so I mean like she oh, can yeah. buy her own goddamn tambourine. You, you bought her the computer to get her on Amazon to buy her own tambourine. Yeah, I got her. She, she got her a laptop. She started using the program Fruity Loops. Started making her own music. And she's like, now I want to play music, and she wants to play like bongos and tambourine for an industrial rock band. That's awesome. I have an egg shaker if she wants to use it. Don't don't encourage her. <laughs> don't do I have it. a harmonica and a dollar store recorder too. What are you, Bob Dylan? Jesus Christ, put it away. I, I keep buying stupid instruments and walking around the house and annoying everyone I live with. Can you at least get one of those harnesses for the harmonica that goes in your muscle? You just walk around, like, marching around, blowing into it like an idiot? <laughs> That's exactly what I would do, because I, I have had it for most of my life and came from my grandfather, and uh, he tried to show me how to play it, and all I can do is breathe in, breathe out, breathe in, breathe out. That's all I do. I hold it in my mouth and I walk around the house. You got to find those different notes. I used I, I used to kind of play harmonica. I was never good at yeah. it. Like I, I kind of started figuring out where everything was. I was like, okay, that's cool. But then I gave that up a long, long time ago. Yeah, I have no use to play harmonica. Could have could have been the weird owl of harmonica. Nah, I think I take myself too seriously in music to be weird. <laughs> Fair. All right, we'll move on now to song number four. What you can practically consider the uh, title track of the album, "Sing for Absolution." So this song starts kind of like creepy jester music box or like a jester marionette, play, marionette playing the piano, just staring you deep in the eye in an attempt to capture your soul. Because all I hear is do, 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 do. It's too much. <laughs> I didn't really get any creepy vibes from it. Uh, I don't know. Oh yeah, I, I think you're just I, paranoid. I, I got like the, the twinkly music box where it's like, you're next. And I also have a creepy jester music box. So it kind of reminded me of that. And did you like look at it while you were listening to the song, hoping that it wouldn't pop out? No, if I make eye contact with it, it's going to steal my soul. I just said that. But do you have a soul to even give up anyway? 
That is none of your business. I'm going to take that as a no. (laughs) My whole image just pixelates away. And just like as it pixelates away, I can see your skin getting whiter and whiter and whiter. It's just like, well, I opened up some sort of gate to hell. Anyway, thanks for watching the podcast. (laughs) Goodbye. I have to go uh, call a priest or something. (laughs) Um, my very first note, and I, I, I'm pretty sure I say this more than once on this entire album too. Careful guys, your Radiohead influence is hanging under your pants. Yeah. Th- this is yeah. very much like a super Radiohead influence song. Like one of Radiohead's like quieter ones, probably towards, uh, okay. Computer. Uh, what's that other one? Everyone likes that I can never remember the name of, uh, I don't, I don't goddamn remember. There's like two albums kind of back to back that were kind of like that, but yeah, it's around that area of Radiohead that just like kind of reminds yeah. me of this i'm just like listen a lot of us like radiohead but you you don't have to try to be tom york tone it down a little yeah m- more or less because i mean like i i don't mind when bands play on their influences but sometimes it's just a little heavy-handed yeah um i do like some of the like light and fluttering like layers in the verse but ultimately this song kind of feels forgettable to me mm-hmm. um I don't know. There was never anything to really catch up on. Like, I mean, catch on to, I should say. Because uh, even the chorus feels, like, kind of forgettable. Uh, the pickup into it's, like, nice and it's appropriate. But, like, there's not really much catching me here. So I was feeling, like, a little lost with this one. Uh, I, and I call it a tasty, clean guitar. I really like the clean guitar during the chorus. That was nice. That caught my attention only because I was not expecting it at all. So I like that. It felt kind of like raw and because of that this is where like the breathy vocals like they're fine totally cool like it sounds good uh i think maybe i was just taken aback because i don't listen to a lot of music where they're just breathing in every direction um and the solo kind of caught me off guard because of all the distortion after a while i got on board but thank god it didn't last forever Oh, yeah. Is this a song that just was like really quiet for the most part? And then it had this like kind of like muffled, distorted solo. Yeah. Yeah. It threw me off, especially with the really clean guitar in the chorus. And then you kind of get a little bit and then you get the uh, distorted guitar. And I'm just like, okay, that. Wow. It's like I'm playing my guitar and someone sped past and then splosh some snow on me. And now I'm all gross and dirty. That's what it sounded like. I'm just kind of looking through because like I know one of the songs has like a mandolin and I made that kind of comment because there was another solo too that had like a kind of muffled distorted one. It might be this mm-hmm. one. Maybe I'm just not remembering it correctly though. I don't know. Mm-hmm. But it's kind of blending in my head right now as I'm just trying to like mumble my way through this entire review. Hey, if it works, it works. He still sounds like Gerard Way in this song though. I have to say that. No, Gerard Way sounds like him. Muse was bigger first. They came out first. Uh, they actually didn't, but yeah. Muse came out in 94. Uh, yep, they definitely did. Yeah, so My Chemical Romance is like, now they're quote-unquote aged, but they're not yeah. that old. No, they're not. I didn't realize they were old. Yeah, okay. Hmm. There you go, you still it. sounds like Gerard Way. <laughs> I still, I, I refuse to acknowledge the truth. My Chemical Muse. Yep. Um, yeah, so with this one, the, I only have one more note anyways. Uh there was a bigger pickup into like the second course and in, like into the bridge as well. It did a little more to make the song exciting. So I did appreciate that. But again, like again, ultimately this one's a little forgettable for me, not the worst song in the album, but at the same time, just definitely not up there as one of my top ones. Sounds good to me. 
Cool. But speaking of as of speaking of being up there as one of my top ones, song number five, <laughs> Stockholm Syndrome. And the thing is, I think any Muse fan would agree. It's not that's not me necessarily spoiling anything. Cause like this is an exciting song. This is a very exciting song, very intense, very loud and energetic. It's such an also that guitar riff too is so goddamn awesome to kick off the entire song. And you can immediately tell like the intensity that you're about to get into. So like second number one, you're already enjoying it. I, I literally just want to spit out all of what I wrote down. Uh, but the the first sentence just says, can I review, can my review just say yes? And that's it. Just yes. Um, I really wish this is this one specifically. I really wish that I listened to this when it came out because it would have been right up my alley. A hundred percent. I less than vaguely remember the song. I recognize the song title. That's it. But like, the heavy bit after the chorus rules and everything else drools. And I had to say it because that's literally how I felt when I listened to it. I was like, fuck all this other shit. I just want to listen to this. Thank you. The song or that one part? Uh, that one part, but within this song. And then I didn't want to continue on with the album. I was like, fuck it. The song's fine. <laughs> the song's number one through through 12. This is all there needs to be. And trust me, that's exactly how I felt in high school too when I first, I think I heard the song, yeah, like it had to be like 2005. And at one one point in time, I knew how to play the song guitar. I still kind of do, but I would not be able to play it with any sort of precision. (laughs) I'm not very good anymore. That's why I play like slower rhythmic stuff because I fucking suck. But I mean, I used to know how to play this and I used to be pretty good at it. And so, I mean, like I have memories of trying to learn it on guitar. So that's always fun. Uh, and there's also there's there's portions in the verse of this song too where the bass is just kind of like running on one note for a long time. And I've said this in previous reviews too, but I honestly love that so much. I love when like the root is just being maintained, and then you get all these other like other different changing melodies on top of that. There's just something so pleasing about that. I always think it sounds so cool. I like how it's not overused in the album. And I also like any other artist, any other album when it's not overused. Like every once in a while on a track, you have that and just kind of like drives through for just a little bit it's so good so appreciated when you get it it's kind of like watching that 2014 godzilla where it's like you only see godzilla for like 29 minutes of the entire movie and it's so sparse that you actually feel so goddamn good when you see godzilla and then you have to like, <laughs> wait a whole long time before you see him again they're empathizing with him well in, in that just one he is more empathetic love. though he, he's not trying to destroy the city in that one so he's far more empathetic hmm. interesting uh i do why well, mention the singing again um i've noticed in what it would be at track four already only wow. and and well either way and uh i've noticed that he sings in a very similar fashion where he accentuates and stretches syllables and it seems like he does it to write fewer words so it'll be like half of one word will stretch over an entire bar of music and i've started to i guess notice the similarities through different choruses and stuff and there are certain times later on where they all start to kind of well they change up a bit but some of them kind of blend together um but i noticed that in this one it sounds similar to other songs that we've heard already and we're not that far in um i guess that's really my only critique for this one um Again, piano and rock songs, something you don't really hear now anymore. I really miss it. I really like it. I'm really glad that I'm getting it here. And uh, it's a fun song. I like it. 
Very fun song. I like it. And I think um I think Bellamy is classically trained in vocals as well as piano. Wow. So like all piano these, I could tell. Well yeah, like even in like all the fast synth and like piano stuff, that's always him yeah. playing. Like and he's Dang. I've I've seen him do stuff like that live. So it's like he's there's no faking it, like he can do it. And actually on the note too of uh the arpeggios, like what the the um scaling arpeggios you can hear yeah, in the chorus. That's it. I I love, I, I love that. It's always an absolute wonder to behold that stuff. I I absolutely adore it. The the tones are beautiful, and I mean it's very emotional feeling behind Bellamy's like kind of like impassioned vocals, and it gives like so much more to the song. Mm-hmm. I love it, and the, this song overall just has like a lot of captivating things happening in it in the track from just like head to toe. So I mean, fantastic stuff all around. Agreed. Fantastic. I'm, uh, maybe that will match. We'll see. I um, doubt it. So we'll discuss <laughs> matches later because we still have like what half an album left to go. So that song number five, Falling Away With You. And once again, we are including the interlude as the outro of this one as well. So I don't have a lot for either of these. Um, I do like that this one begins calmly. It's definitely needed after the last track. Um, so the second verse uh, really got on my nerves every single time I heard it. Because that sort of womp, womp sort of sound that's in behind the uh, the like main riff. Because the first verse, it was something else. Second verse, it's that womp, womp. But it like, it lags a little bit. So I'm trying to match it up with the music as I'm listening to it. And it's just, it's not getting there. It lags a little. And it totally puts me on edge. And I don't know if that's the point or if it's just me being super picky but i heard that and i was like man this song just straight up makes me uncomfortable and with this one the chorus does chorus vocals do sound similar uh to other songs so i don't think i would know what song this was solely from the chorus maybe i, I don't know I, I i felt there was more than enough that was different uh mm-hmm. in each track not like super different where it's like it's a whole polarizingly different thing but yeah i don't know like even coming back to this album there's a song that i didn't exactly remember either but it's kind of like i could tell that i was on a different song or it's like something I hadn't repeated so i don't know maybe it's yeah. just my past with the album maybe it's just because i've heard it a little differently i don't know yeah. uh but the you were you were mentioning that you you were glad that the song uh, started softer and everything like yes, that. Um, yeah. And this is where I really started to notice like the, the sandwiching of the lighter tracks with the like the faster heavier tracks. And and that's when I wrote this is where I wrote that note. I'm almost never sure how to feel on a moment to moment basis <laughs> because it's just like one song is super high intensity, the other one we're going yeah. we're coming down. Oh, going back up again. Oh, coming back down again. It's just like oh my god, and I throw yeah. up if I if like I get motion sickness. Jesus. <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure. I make a note about that a little later too. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, the, the verses are pretty. I I I like them. The flow is very nice. There's just again not a lot keeping me on it though. And yeah. I think that's one of the bigger issues about songs like this. Uh, the courses get a little more interesting. They're still not super catchy, unfortunately. But uh, I still appreciate like a lot of the um, energy and like layering that's going on in the song. So again, it is something to pay attention to. But as compared to some of the other songs we've heard so far, it's still not like reaching out to me in a manner yeah. speaking. Yeah. And just before you ask, I have nothing for the interlude. It's just an extended outro, nothing too special. Yeah. I, I, I didn't really write anything on it. I only had one more note too. Uh, just verbatim uh, really pretty ending that blends well into the interlude. Good combination of composition going on. 
Yep. And that that's kind of why I made the decision to tie them together instead of making the interlude its own track. It's just like it felt pointless. If an interlude yeah. sounds so different from one, like either the, the one song or the, the other song, like on either side of the interlude, then we usually leave it alone and leave it as its own track. But this one just literally felt like an extension of falling yeah. away from you or with you. Um, so that's the only reason why I said like, hey, let's tie this one in, you know. So it's mm-hmm. made more sense. I don't know if other people yeah. would have done it the same way, but this is our podcast. So yeah. uh, sorry, not sorry. We're not even the first sorry. We're only not sorry. And I mean, like you you heard the beginning of the podcast, take everything with a grain of yeah. salt. So even if you don't agree with the way we review things, well, this, this is our podcast. There's no, there's no rule book. Anyways, now that I'm done uh, yelling at the audience, we can move on. Before I create mass hysteria, ooh, look at that, song number seven, Hysteria. Oh, the song puns, they have returned. I I leave them out way too often. I got to start getting back. I have to get back into my old punning ways. Oh my God, please, please. It'll take all Um, my skill in punning. There you go, that's another one. Hey, Chris, it's my turn now. Um, So for... For this one, okay, immediate, immediately, the drums in this entire song, fucking sick. Just, I don't even know how else to say it. They are on point. They are so, like, they're timed very well. They, they sound very, very fun to play. Like, I, I want to learn. I almost thought you said they fucking suck. And I was like, <laughs> wait, what? <laughs> they are, they are sound so fun to play. Um, I want to learn this song on drums just on drums because it's have you seen that i don't know if there's more than one video but there's like this video and i think it's at like a i don't know some sort of like midwest fair and there's this band playing but this drummer is going and he's going real hard like he's bouncing his sticks off the snare and catching them in the air and he's going all crazy and swinging his arms around like an octopus um that's what this song that's what i imagine he's doing in this song like he's hitting the quarter notes but embellishing for the audience that reminds just, me that, so good that just kind of reminds me of that that video I, I think it was like a like a japanese like band and the guy's like in a giant cat costume thing and it's just like this is music for kids but like the drummer clearly was used to be in a metalcore band (laughs) (laughs) absolutely ballistic see as soon as you said that that's what i was thinking of but it's obviously just something different but i could see that happening in more than one area of the world oh yeah yeah but like just the the sound it Doing that doesn't change the sound of the song, but just the the space in between the drum hits gives so much. I don't know. It's an image I have in my head, probably only have in my head, but I like it. I like it. I love the drums in this song. It sounds so good. The drums are good. I really like them, but I mean, that bass riff, though. Absolutely unreal about <laughs> how good that bass riff is. I, I love like the synth tone on top of it as well, but it is being played by like an electric bass. Like I've seen him do it live, so like yeah. I know that he can. And actually, realistically, like I can also play that bass riff. It's not as hard as it seems. It's yeah. just getting the strum pattern down. That's all it is. Because like I know the notes, and all of it just kind of it's like a lot of it's just like kind of like hammering on and everything like that from with from open strings. So it's not so bad, but like, God damn, is it cool, man? I wish I could write shit like that. I wish I was talented. 
<laughs> me too my god uh the verse is fun enough and everything but again like the chorus is really where the magic happens i think and i mean it's kind of back and forth on this album about how i feel about that but like this is definitely one of the songs where that's the case i love the layering of like the effects on the vocal no the layering and the effects on the vocals because there's like a lot going on with that too although it's not like super prominent but like the vocals do sound like there's a bunch of like weird affected layers behind it and i really like that it gives it a very surreal feeling so very interesting to listen to there are a couple songs on here that i've mentioned like either the uh what would you say arpeggio, arpeggio scaling yeah. whatever that's in more than one song sounds fantastic um there was another another instance that i re- referred to it as like it adds a dreaminess or it adds that i think it's just like a surreal sort of ethereal 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 i don't know how to say that word properly but i think it's ethereal yeah yeah, it gives you that sort of like everything's foggy and i'm in a dream feeling and i really appreciate that especially in like a heavy hitting rock song if you can kind of get that creep i don't want to call it creepy but it's like that sort of i'm walking through jello in a dream feeling fair enough although i think i like it i think the next song coming up i i definitely refer to as dreamy yeah i'll describe that moment we get there though um this song has another one of those really cool like breakdowns in it that happens like in the middle of the song before the guitar solo and then towards the end of it as well kind of like stockholm syndrome did as well i guess to an extent Mm -hmm. uh that breakdown leading into the guitar solo yeah like it's so awesome it's a good little push of intensity especially because like it doesn't last too long either but it's like a good bridging little transition piece Mm -hmm. uh i thought that there was like the layering during the guitar solo is really cool too. And it's something I don't think I truly noticed until I put on headphones and listen to it because like yeah. you got the guitar solo, but then like you can hear all these quiet little layers in the left and right. And it's, it's a lot to take in, but at the same time, it's not overwhelming. So I kind of like just like this. Yeah. This like, I guess to go back to the term dreaminess kind of feeling, you know, it's like a daydream of sorts. Yep. I a hundred percent mentioned the same thing. I, I just put, I love the general use of the multiple guitars in the bridge slash solo in my left ear. Yeah. You hear a little bit of like a little bit of note work, but then you hear the solo. Oh, it was fantastic. Cause when they're playing similar riffs or similar lines, it just like sounds so big, but when they're playing separate, but complementary um, or complementing riffs, oh my God, that's where the magic is. Yeah, I agree that this is the song pulls it off really well. So I like that. And I mean, it happens, it happens more than once on this album and I mean, in their discography as a whole, too. Mm-hmm. But it's nice to have in a song like this, especially because it's a single too. part of the like, that's part of the reason why I think this is a single just because it makes it sound so damn good. Oh, hell yeah. OK, we'll move on to song number eight, Blackout. And again, this is really where those hills and valleys really start to come in and feel a little bit exhausting. I don't necessarily mean that in a bad way, although you can't really mean it in a good way, but like, I, I don't mind the song at all, but just like these ups and downs, like it's, it's a lot to deal with in one sitting. Yeah. Uh, I didn't feel that like affected by it, but I did make note that I was pleased that with the intense songs being followed by a come down of some sort, it kind of keeps, excuse me, hiccup. Uh, it keeps me from getting exhausted, uh, unlike you, apparently. Um, I'm actually kind of liking it. Um, maybe I just get less seasick. Um, and I I felt ready to be rocked once again after this song. So it was just, it was good enough. 
I, if there was another one after this, I probably would have been like, okay, start yelling in my face again, please. Thank you. Um, but the vocals in this one, very nice, solid crooning, nice and waltzy. Yeah, this, this was the one, as I mentioned, like had that fairly dreamy feel yeah. to it, everything like that. Very dreamy, whimsical, very nice. It's one of those tracks that probably sounds nice with your eyes closed type thing, and you just can just like right? you fall drift, asleep, drift into dream, if you will. <laughs> yeah, and in right. the, the work on the the strings in the choir really helped that along too. So <laughs> yeah. this, I know this song, and I believe butterflies and hurricanes are two songs on this album that had um, additional work done on the string and choir arrangements. Mm-hmm. So I mean you can tell because it's a very strong presence in a song like this. Uh, and another thing that was really cool about the song is uh, the addition of the mandolin as well. I thought that was really nice. Uh, it sits in even better than a, like a clean electric guitar. Uh, and it gives the song like a much more emotional and maybe even like romantic kind of feel. Yeah. And, and, and saying that, I mean, like you can see this even lyrically. I know I haven't really been doing any, like lyrical breakdowns for this song. And I've been doing it a little more lately. If you've, uh, been tuning in for the last few weeks um this song though is one of those ones where it's like it can feel romantic but it's also sad as usual uh yeah. because it, this is one of the songs that we're just like coming to terms with things that end like i.e life and how like you can find the love of your life uh your love life is completely fulfilled all your needs are like fulfilled and met but one of you are gonna die eventually and you have to come to terms with it and it's gonna be a heartbreaker uh, and that's kind of what this song pokes at. So that's why, again, it has that like emotional feel, but it also feels very romantic. Okay, well, I went the more romantic route. And it's well, it still is, because like, also, I, I guess one of the bigger points of the song is to like embrace the life you have and like live it to its fullest. Yeah. But yeah, like, it, it will end one day, but like live what you have now. I wrote that I felt like I was, in a, I was at an Italian wedding. An <laughs> Italian wedding. Yeah, so like talking about like, oh, one of you is going to die. Well, I went the opposite route and I'm starting the life together. <laughs> You're thinking at the end together. But that's all I could think of was like some sort or some sort of European wedding, especially with that mandolin in there. Just really, really gives you that uh, European feel. I've I've been to three styles of wedding my entire life. It's either been like a Catholic wedding yeah. Close to Catholic, I'll say. I'm not, not full on. Uh, just regular, maybe even possibly atheist weddings. And I went to a mixed wedding that was like atheist and Indian combined. Oh, interesting. That one was really cool. There's belly dancers. There was a buffet with like a whole bunch of awesome food. It was amazing. I loved it. That was the best wedding I've ever been to. <laughs> oh, yeah. I've been to quite a few. Most are all the same where I sat, sit there, sit there, sit there, wait for food, then want to leave. So. I get I get a drink at the open bar and then immediately leave. So that <laughs> I, I I don't so much like going to weddings. I don't like the ceremonies. I don't like the thing. It has nothing to do with the people. Yeah, it's just like I I just I'm not big on them. What can I yeah. say? Yeah, yeah. If uh, if or when I get married, I don't want to do the whole like ceremony thing. I don't Go even to want city to invite hall. people. That's all I want to do. And I want to invite my friends over and lie to them and say they're just coming over to hang out and then be like, ha ha, we got married. But I know that they're just going to ask me like, oh, so what are we going to do? Why are you making us dress up? Blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, 
man, I can never have fun around you people. See, that that's why I'm glad the people who know me know that that wouldn't happen. Because I've, I've mentioned before, like, uh, and I've mentioned even to like my parents, my friends, everything like that, that if like my girlfriend and I ever, we're not getting married, but if we ever do, like for any reason, it's literally a city hall thing. There's not, yeah. not I don't even think we're going to have like a, like a party or anything. We're not going to like, we're going to, it's going to be silent as hell. Our parents are the only ones who are going to be there because we need witnesses. Yeah. Uh, like, but other than that, like we, we're not going to, we have no plans to do it. So, I mean, another reason why I don't like, uh, I'm a huge on weddings is like, I don't even want to do it myself. Yeah. Yeah. Fair enough. Uh, well, that's my tangent on weddings for the day. Let's move on to track number nine, butterflies and hurricanes. A, a perfect analogy for a marriage. Um, with the butterflies ends with the hurricanes. <laughs> The, uh, the intro to this isn't putting me at ease at all. Uh, there's a lot of sounds that happen on this album that make me feel super uncomfortable. Not enough to turn it off, but enough where I'm intrigued to hear the rest. Um, the drums and the piano got it on together after the verse, and I really, really like that bit. That was cool. It sounded so proggy, but I'm so down for it. Sounds so good. Yeah, a, a little bit. Um but I, I'll be honest, uh, the main melody that kind of like drives, especially like the vocal melody itself, yeah. uh, it's very, very noticeably repetitive through the vast majority of the song. Uh, and it gets a little tiresome before oh, it's yeah? long. It, it becomes exhausting. I don't think I've, like, if I'm casually listening to this album from times I remember, yeah. I never sat through this entire song. Really? Like I got through most of it, but just like, just like the na 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 na, na and it just keeps happening over and yeah. over and over. It gets really annoying. Uh, but I will say, there's like some zanier piano moments that really kind of like liven up things, make it interesting for me. Yeah, Not exactly. A savior to the track, but at the same time, it does help. Uh, the bridge is always super cool to me, though. Again, this is another one of those like one note runs for a very long time, where like the strings are kind of going like doing weird things over top mm-hmm. of it. And just the the one kick drum just kind of like doing the steady like quarter notes. So I think again, that sounds really cool. I, I I'm I can't say I'm a whore for it. I'm a part-time whore for it. I whatever you want to call that. Like I, I like it sometimes, but if it's a full-time job, I'm gonna get sick of it real yeah. quick. Uh just, so yeah, that driving root note, which is the piano, the strings make it sound really cool. I think it sounds great. But yeah, other than that, like just not a song I usually tend to always get through. It's not terrible, but it's just annoyingly repetitive. Fair enough. I definitely understand that. The string, okay, again, I mentioned that the drums are really good, uh, but the strings as well, I feel like I'm listening to rock Fantasia. It's fantastic. Oh, yeah. It's like the strings, was not expecting that. I really like it. Um, I did make note that, uh, again, for the new music review, I swear to God, I'm not just trying to plug it. Um that uh, I've already put the card up a long time ago. I can't put it up twice. Uh, covering a Muse song for that video, I didn't really enjoy it nearly as much, and I honestly figured that I wasn't going to like them at all. Uh, I do like the song. I don't think if it was repetitive, it wasn't repetitive enough for me to notice, or there was enough good stuff that I looked past it. Um, but the piano solo was beautiful. I think it's worth replaying. There's a lot here. And um, yeah, so far, I would say that I'm liking this a hell of a lot more than I thought I was going to. Well, with yeah, the very be- little information <laughs> that I had. 
to be fair, if you're going by that NMR, like your exposure was from uh, the Will of the People album, which yeah, not a lot of fans are very I, fond of. No, it sounds, I don't know, it sounds too... I, I don't know. I couldn't. Isn't that the one that uh, apparently sounds like the beautiful people? But it does. Will of the people. Will of the. I, I. It's all I could hear when I heard that song. I've heard a lot of reviewers, like even Anthony Fantano, talk about the exact same note to him. Just like yeah. I haven't heard it myself, so I don't know. Yeah, but I just like I can imagine how it's just like, okay, buddy, get a, if, if you're gonna like go after any musician and like kind of copy what they're doing. Why did you have to choose a very controversial figure right now yeah. at the point of recording this podcast? Still a very controversial figure. Yeah. It's when you listen to something you wrote, you just, you can't sit there going, no, I don't, I've never heard this before. I know this is brand new. It's, come on. You know, you've heard it. You know, somebody in that room has heard the damn song. Sometimes it gets, depending on who you're talking about, sometimes it gets difficult to separate the art from the artist. Yeah. Like Manson would be a hell of a stretch for that. But I mean, like, for example, we're never doing a Lost Profits album on the show ever, ever, I, ever. I am fucking livid over that point. Uh, trust me, I know a lot of people and grew up with a lot of people who are huge Lost Profits fans. My oh girlfriend, my, God. my sister. Yeah. Like, like I remember hearing the song Last Train Home like a billion times, but uh, mm-hmm. not going to talk at all about that. But I'm just going to let everyone know, even if you request a Lost Profits album, not happening. We're going to turn it down mm. immediately. Sorry, just not sorry. Do your research. I want to. I want to talk. Uh, I want to up talk one of these albums, but I'm not even going to say anything because it's just going to start a conversation. The other band members don't even have. want anything to do with it. Anymore. I I think that they have started a new band completely, but I don't know what they're called. I don't know, but like Elon Rubin, the drummer, for example, uh, he ended up going on to drumming for Nine Inch Nails. He has his own solo project now oh, and everything shit. like that. I met the guy; I have his autograph. So I mean, yeah. Uh, I, at least I met one of the good members of the band. You know, right. actually, they're all good members they, except literally one. Yeah, and he will they, remain you know, unnamed. Yeah, yeah, that that's fine. Speaking of remaining unnamed, that's fine. We're gonna leave that there and move on because his name is in small print. Number oh. ten, the small print. Oh. This song so total sounds like My Chemical Romance, like a hundred percent. Oh yeah, like it sounds very like poppy, punky, rocky. I'm super into it. Shamelessly love it. Very rebel- rebellious vibe. I cannot talk. I'm so excited. It's a very rebellious vibe. I, I know, I know, I know. Okay. The next words I want you. I'm not going to say that. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. I actually forgot what the next words were. Because I, <laughs> I thought you were going to say I'm about to lose control, and I think I like oh, it. But you went the you other go. way. Oh yeah, I got the the end of the chorus. Anyways. Yeah. Um, well, you say it sounds like My Chemical Romance, but yes. I didn't really compare it to a band. I just said this is like the most like indie and garage rock like influence song that they have on this album uh-huh. and it's definitely suits the it time it came suck. out because like around 2003 be- between 2002 to 2007 garage rock and like indie rock were like really picking up and i mean like you know the strokes and the hives and everything like that kind uh-huh. of like, sounded very garage rock that was coming out around this time the eagles death metal came out around that time sounded yeah. very garage rock so i mean like this this album follows a lot of influences, and I already kind of like hinted at that earlier. And this is definitely another one of those things. So it's interesting to see just some influences obviously are played into a lot heavier, as I already mentioned. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, there's like a lot of great energy in this jacket. Definitely, this one feels like it would be a concert staple. Oh my god, it's, yes, it's only three and a half minutes. So, and also, this is another one that I would have sworn could have been a single. Yes, I agree. I definitely agree. 
Like I, I, I don't know how it wasn't. Like it was a guitar-driven track. It's a lot of fun. It's short, it's short, energetic. And again, the, when it came out at the time, I mean, like all you consider all the garage rock bands that were like the revivalists that were around at the time, like it would have fit right in. Mm-hmm. But I guess if you're banking on singles like you know Hysteria and Stockholm Syndrome, that's feel a little different. So maybe it wouldn't have fit properly. I don't know. Yeah. Um. I. Uh... I agree with everything. I do want to touch upon uh, talking about the sort of garage rock bands and whatever that was happening at the time. Uh, you just naming off a bunch of bands that came out around then. Um, I think like maybe Modest Mouse came out around that time because for the longest time, I thought Muse and Modest Mouse were the same thing. Really? And yeah, oh, yeah. So anytime someone's like, oh, I like Muse, all I imagine was some two nerds singing float on. I'm like, I don't care. Like, I hate this. And then then it wasn't until like a decade later did I really piece it together. Yeah, Modest Mouse was in that run of like emo bands from like the late '90s, early 2000s, before like emo became like you know My Chemical Romance and all that yeah. stuff. You know, like your your Elliot Smith and your Bright Eyes and everything. The, like yeah. the weaker thens, and I guess to an extent the Lost Prophets. But yeah. I mean, like it was in that era of like yeah, early emo stuff that was really setting the scene, coming off of all the alt rock stuff from the '90s. So I mean, I don't know, Muse and Modest Mouse to me are just like you know day and night. <laughs> Yeah, well, I'm I'm learning that now. Um, with this song, it makes me nostalgic for like it makes me nostalgic, although I've never heard the song before. And I can say that with most utmost confidence. Oh yeah, yeah. Um it just it brings me back to high school, it brings me back to other stuff that I listened to that sounded like this. I really like this one, the speed, the intensity, the sound, all of it. I really like this song. Yeah, I mean, it's catchy. Uh, not super catchy, but I, again, I'm just surprised it wasn't a single, though. Like, it's yeah. catchy enough that it should have been. Yeah, and it's just so energetic. I like it. But then, uh, God, what were some of the other ones? I can't even remember some of the other songs that were singles, but uh, you could have replaced one of them with this one. It would have been fine. Or mm-hmm. just do the modern thing where, like, every goddamn song is a single. All so, like, yeah. you have seven singles on a 14-song album. Like, Yeah, pull, pull a Shania Twain. Katy Perry, Shania Twain, Taylor yeah, Swift. Right? Like, there's a number of like probably Miley Cyrus. I don't, I don't even fucking know. Yeah, you're probably wrong, but yeah. I was like, my pop knowledge is starting to shrink from there. <laughs> so, I, you know. all right, we'll move on. Song number eleven, endlessly. Smooth intro, very nice. I, I, okay. Uh, is this where I say it? Um, okay, so. I appreciate the amount of come down songs, uh, but this is close to the end. Don't slow me down now. Uh, I didn't really want to be slowed down. I just wanted to just like bull run right into the end of the album. Uh, So this was where I was like, okay, it's like, stop now. Um, It is a nice song. It's cute even. Um, And then I just uh, praise whoever curated the song, the song uh, track listing. And I'm completely opposite with that. It's just I, like you, yeah. you can you could have mixed things in a little better, not just like up down, up down, up down, up down. It's just like, yeah. oh my god, stop! I'm on a fucking trampoline here. Uh, I mean, Make some I, gravel, you'll be fine. Wait, wait. Oh, is it the next song? Is it the next? Song? The next <laughs> you song? mentioned that. I absolutely do. Where the hell is that note? I know. Fuck! Oh, did I did I miss it somewhere? I feel like I missed it somewhere because I, I know I wrote the word gravel somewhere in my notes. Control F. Control F. 
Well, you know what? If I come across it, it'll be even better. How about that? All right. So with this song, honestly, like I, I can't say that I saw this like R&B pop kind of key section coming in. It kind of totally kills the vibe from the last song and ultimately kind of from the entire album as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, and th- this isn't simply like the other tracks that just go from loud to quiet, loud to quiet, loud to quiet. Like this is a, like a world of difference that honestly put me off. Like I just I wasn't digging it all that much. Yeah, uh, I found it rather boring considering that we what we've been given so far, even in the quieter yeah. portions of the album. It doesn't fit with this album. It should have been a bonus track on like the anniversary edition. It's just turning 20. This should have been an, a, a track on the 20th anniversary edition that like one was like, oh, cool. Something from that era. It's not great, but I can see why they didn't put it on the first album. Yeah. Like yeah. so, something along the lines of that, you know, and it just I feel like I'm always waiting for a payoff in the world's weakest buildup. And of course, it never comes and I'm not thrilled about it. So obviously, I did not think highly of this song. Um, We might as well just jump off of that because I literally have nothing else for this. Maybe I felt the same way. Well, because there's not a whole lot to say about it. Yeah. Like yeah, the, not not, really. there's not really a lot of change ups. There's nothing really exciting that happens like this is this is a transition to the final song in the album. Mm-hmm. So yeah, let's just transition there now because I'm I'm honestly done talking about I'm I could talk about it endlessly. Huh? No, I couldn't. Anyways, song number twelve. Oh, we're not there yet. Sorry, I forgot. Oh, there is two more songs. My, my bad. Song number twelve. Thoughts of a dying atheist. Song number eleven. Twelve. Because remember, well, I removed a couple. Oh, of I'm actually going by the actual number. Listen, oh, it okay. is song number twelve. Song th- thoughts of a dying atheist. Okay, you know what? You're 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 the main guy. I should just let you say the things. Um, so I'll address this right from the start. Um, now, if you've watched this uh, podcast or listened to it before, um, I get annoyed by the dumbest shit ever. So yeah. I do want I do want to start this right from the beginning. The whiny vocals at the end of the chorus they actually add to the snarky aggression, and I don't mind it. That you you literally one eighty'd me. I thought you were going to talk about how much you fucking hated him or something. Exactly. That's how I had to start. Because I'll, I'll just jump to my last note because I I talk about the chorus and I was like it feels a little a little cartoony, but I honestly kind of love yeah. it. Like what? everything everything it's about weird. it is like catchy, bouncy, fun. It's exactly what I would have hoped for coming into a song like this, especially with all these goddamn hills and valleys. This is another hill, so I yep. mean like because like yeah this song feels like a product of its time like absolutely fits right into that like late 90s early 2000s like pop punk style scene oh, i liked it <laughs> uh well yeah it's, it's a super fun track i've always liked this yeah. one too actually this realistically might be the very first muse song i ever heard because if i think correctly i i, I might have mentioned this in the elliot smith episode but in when my my sister and I, we went to high school one year together because she was like three years older than me. So I was like nine. She was in grade 12. Yeah. Um. Someone gave her a mix CD. They made her a mix CD back when people did that. And it wasn't just a YouTube video that they do for fucking views like we do. <laughs> she was actually given a mix CD and had Elliot Smith Waltz number two on it. But another one was Thoughts of a Dying Atheist by Muse. Mm-hmm. And so I think if if I remember correctly, that was very likely the very first Muse song I ever heard. So uh, this one kind of brings it back a little for me and so it brings me back to that moment of entering high school too so that perfect era right then and there i 
I find that the vocals in this are getting better and more distinctive as the album goes on. And it feels like it's like projecting the idea of growth, which is good because I think it's only the first couple of songs. Was I like, okay, this is kind of annoying. I actually kind of like it now. Again, those whiny vocals at the end. I like that. Um, yeah, I don't really have a lot on this. Uh, really no, no critiques. Mostly this is pleasing, that is pleasing. Sounds pretty rock punk pop again. I really like it. Super danceable and the score may or may not reflect as much. No danceable score? Uh, nope. It's just very danceable. Uh, if I had to give it a score out of 12, I would give it an 11. All right. Fair enough. Yeah. I can absolutely deal with that. Um, but yeah, like even the, the like the little whiny bits at the end of the course there, because like uh, realistically, yeah, the song is about like kind of the comprehension of like if you're an atheist, you don't believe in anything. Like there's nothing when you die, and maybe it's a terrifying mm -hmm. concept. And obviously, it means reflected very clearly in the lyrics. Like scares the hell out of me. And to the end, the end is all I can see. It scares the hell out of me. Like all that kind of yeah. stuff. Um, so yeah, that that's it. Just sounds like a woe is me kind of moment in a very cartoony way, and I really like that. Just yeah. him crying, was like, ah. <laughs> yeah, like petulant tantrum. More or less, just like, like oh man, I did this. Like, <laughs> I assume you'd want to turn to religion, but the whole other story. Uh, yeah, yeah. The guitars in the song, a lot of fun. I love it again. Kind of puts me right back into that like early two thousand pop punk kind of phase. Uh, the arpeggios in the verse are super cool, and like the big sounding chorus is a great payoff too, because like then it just goes like straight power chords. Sounds awesome. I love it. Yeah, and you already kind of said the song is fun, danceable, all that kind of stuff. I agree with that 100%. Always Hell yeah. That song. Hell yeah. Okay, so we'll move on to the last song on the album. I'll just note real quick, too. Well, the last song, no, number 13, Ruled by Secrecy. Uh, to those who uh, looked on it on Spotify, you'll see the song Fury as number 15, technically. Uh, that was a digital-only bonus release. So it came out with the original release of the album, but only through digital. So because of that and not through the original release itself, we aren't covering it on the show. So this is the last song of the album, song number 13, Ruled by Secrecy. I liked Fury too. I was very disappointed to hear that uh, that happened. Do you know how often we've done albums and had to cut tracks out because ah, of bonuses? And like, and it's the like best literally my favorite, like Wave of Babies by Animals as Leaders was yeah. fucking like 12 out of 10. Like, Color and uh, Shape, Foo Fighters. Yeah, that was another good one too. Really, yeah. obviously, I think that was one of my top ones. Uh, Pretty Girls, not Pretty Girls, my great. That fucking uh, this charming man by yeah, fucking the yeah. Smiths. And what was the other one? Uh, Get Down, Make Love by Nine Inch Nails. Fantastic track, but Pretty Hate Machine. Uh, that's a bonus track for Pretty Hate Machine. So can't do that. Fuck I know the stuff. Smiths. The Smiths is a different song, but I can't remember which one it is. So I'll just agree. I thought it was this charming man. No, that was track seven. We had, to, uh, we had to cut off this charming man because that was my number one song. Was it actually? Oh, right. You're right. Because I looked up the record, like the actual physical record. Yeah. And hold on, it, yes. Book here. Well, because I'm so used to them being tacked on at the end. That one was tacked on at the beginning yeah. of side two. Number That's one, this charming man crossed out. Yeah. Okay. You are correct. Again, and second always, time this always. show. Yeah. Well, I'm hating that immensely. Let's talk about Ruled by Secrecy. Yes. Piano is back, playing us out like a death scene. So slow and off-putting. I love it. The it's piano like an energetic dirge. <laughs> I <laughs> speaking of words I don't understand, 
the piano crescendo and cymbals feel like crashing waves against a wall of rocks. You said you don't understand it, but yet here you are like describing and using it properly. Yeah, I don't know what a dirge is, though. A dirge is like a, a funeral march of a song type thing. Oh. Usually very quiet and dark and like the, the actual funeral march song is considered a dirge. Oh, well, that makes a lot more sense because it was in a cradle of filth song. So <laughs> yeah, I can see now. them using that word probably <laughs> more than 100 times an album. It makes a lot of sense now. Okay. I remember when I was a teenager and I used to like that band kind of. Her Ghost yeah. in the Fog and such. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Amphetamine because Girl. Because I wanted to seem attractive to somebody in school that I started listening to them. Did you and start dressing he, goth and everything? Did? Uh, well, I kind of was, but I was more like pop punk. And then I was kind of dressing sort of gothy, listening to like Children of Bodom and Cradle of Filth and shit like that. But then you start to like listen to stuff that they actually listen to. And you're like, oh, God, this is too intense for me. No, thanks. Like, <laughs> you probably drink blood. No, I'm I'm good. Yeah, and then he like moved away. And then I still listen to them, but only that one album I listened to in high school, and that's it. Yeah, you listen to that like really shitty, tinny, badly produced black metal because it's that kind of music for like the diehard fans of it. Like they oh, like how yeah. shitty it sounds because it keeps the normies out. Yeah. Even me talking about it, like I'm probably gonna get like chastised for it because there's like oh, get yeah. the fuck out of here, normie. I know. Yeah. Uh, I so used to listen weird. to Emperor when I was a teenager, but even, even diehards don't like Emperor either, so I don't know. Oh, Jesus. I used to like death metal and black metal in high school for a brief time. I um, I liked everything that I wouldn't uh, admit to and then just pretended that I listened to that stuff. See, I don't hide anything anymore. I, if I like it, I'll let you know. I don't, I'm not yeah. hidden. I used to be hidden with my playlist, but not anymore. Yeah. Now it's a running joke. If I do hide it, it's a running joke and I usually admit it right away. <laughs> Likewise. Like my, my Spotify playlist, my big dark clause of guilty pleasures. You mentioned <laughs> that at the very beginning of the show. Excellent. Yep. I remember that. Do you mean like episode one or like, oh, like, episode? like within the first five episodes of this? Oh, okay. I thought show. you meant like this episode, I'm like that's bullshit, but you, now I believe you. <laughs> oh yeah. 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 I've heard that before. My playlist is ruled by secrecy. Anyways, speaking of which, um, I'm kind of glad we're at the end of the album now. Not to say that it was a bad album, but again, these hills and valleys yeah. Uh, just with its with its sound and its energy, it's crazy. This is where I say I feel like I needed to pop like three gravel just to settle my stomach. <laughs> there you go. See, I knew it was around here somewhere. Now right. I I actually don't get seasick. I've been on boats before and I'm fine with that. But I, I thought the joke was funny, anyways. Um, this is also where I mentioned careful guys. Your Radiohead influence is hanging out of your pants. Dot 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 again. Oh yeah. <laughs> See, just I more Radiohead influence on this one. Yeah, very very I heavy. I compared them to another band, but Michael not Roman. for not no, not this time. And not for sound, but I guess really just how I feel about this whole album. See how it's the last track, I feel the authority to do so. Um, I said I didn't think I would like Muse, but listening to this album really gave me Arctic Monkeys, but Muse went to university. Like, just the way that I listen to all of the songs. I'm like, okay, I actually like this. I like this. I like this. I like this. This is good. I like this. Uh, but it feels like the Arctic Monkeys went to trade school and Muse went to university. I don't know. It's another day-night thing to me. I, I can't even... Exactly. The, I can't. The, the, the thing is, I couldn't even, like, draw that line like you somehow did. Like, I... Yeah. Like, yeah. the dot I'm trying to find is on another page, so I actually have to lift up the pencil to find the dot to trace it to the other one. I just make my own. 
make my own dot. And I go, yep, the connection's there. See? You didn't even open the book. You literally just saw it in your head and did it. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> There's a lot of stuff going on up here. <laughs> um, <laughs> anyways, wrapping up this one now. Speaking of uh, the crazy shit that goes on in your head, um, I actually kind of like dig. I, I dig the the idea that this album is ending kind of on a softer note. It's peaceful yeah. and pretty. It's a good culmination of everything we've been through at this point. Uh, but the the pianos towards the end were a good touch. I, I kind of said the term earlier, like it's kind of like a like a, an epic dirge or something like that. I said something along the lines of that, mm-hmm. like a, or, or like a more powerful, louder dirge. That's what it kind of reminds me when the pianos really start going off towards the end before it gets quieter again. Uh, it it kind of it keeps on note with the intense pianos we got in the beginning of the album with Apocalypse Please. So it's one of those things that kind of like sandwiches them in pretty well. I yeah. like that. So I, I know you've mentioned the whole storybooking idea thing before, and uh, I noticed it though. So I decided to say it. I like yeah. it. And uh, the song's not the greatest on the album, but there was things I appreciated about it. Uh, I agree. Uh, there are always things that I like, things that I would change, but you know what? I'm the one doing a podcast, not in a band. And my last note, a very nice song, not danceable at all. It's so weird to hear you say that because like you always talk about, you always talk about being a producer. Uh, and like what you would change, but now you're like, I can't do that. I'm not in the band. Then become their fucking producer. I, I would like to, but I have absolutely no body of work, uh, showing my impeccable abilities okay ai generate a bunch of music make that your portfolio so it's like look at all these bands i worked with sure, i was i worked with i worked with the actually real people i i worked with the non-fictional humans <laughs> you're right i should buy a drum machine thank you why buy a drum machine when you just download a vst I don't know what that means. <laughs> Just not in agree because I, I'm telling you exactly what you need to know. Sounds good. Thank you. Well, with that said, while Savannah's mathematical equations go through her head trying to figure out what the hell fucking VST is, we are at the end of talking about Muse's Absolution. So, hey, thank you very much for making this far Great to the job. review. If you sure indeed did, she sure is indeed reading about VSTs. <laughs> I, this, I use tons of them for my fucking uh, music projects. But anyways, it's yes, thank, interesting. Thank you very much for making it this part of the review. Uh, make sure you let us know what you think of this album down in the comments below wherever you're listening because our comment section is everywhere. But wait, there's still more to do. So while you're trying to formulate your own thoughts and opinions, there's more you can be doing too because now we have to rank the songs and rate the record, you know, part two and three of the podcast. We'll do part two first. So above our heads, boom, this graphic has changed. There are names. There are numbers. There's going to be more names, song names to be specific, because now it's time to list everything from 12 to 1, 13 to 1, 12. I don't even remember anymore. 12 to 1. 12 That's what to it's going to be. I keep forgetting how much we combined or cut out and everything like that. Yeah. It's like 15 down to 12. Regardless, worst to best, least favorite to favorite, not so great to great, however you want to classify it. Uh, that's what we're going to do now, uh, because, yeah, that's kind of our tradition after 90 episodes. Yay! It's what we do. It's what we've always done. We will continue to do so, I hope. Uh, speaking of things that we don't do too often, <laughs> uh, matching songs. Curious about I, this one. How, how, do you, how are you feeling? Uh, I am feeling tense. Uh, I am thinking an optimistic three. Ooh, look at you go. There I'm thinking brief... Sorry, I was one near the end, one near the middle, one near the near the top. 
also like a just like the perfect sandwich then yeah yeah exactly there was a time i think it was either early season five or late season four where like you were actually kind of nailing it with your your, <laughs> your guesses you yeah. haven't done that in a while well let's see i roll up my sleeves yeah, second half of season five so we're kind of like on to a new section of everything here so we need matches at least one would be nice i i think i think we have a possibility for like two two all right. We, we seem to agree on a lot of things, but at the same time, it's just it's about how closely or one off they're going to be. Mm-hmm. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna try to be optimistic and say two. Okay, I'm gonna stick by my three. But if I get two, I'll be happy. I'd be happy with just one. Yeah. <laughs> Please don't fail me. Well, let's see how good we are at this. Number twelve, endlessly. Oh yeah, that was gonna be the end. I felt bad because every time. I like an entire album and something ends at like the last track or the least favored track. I'm like, I really hope this isn't Chris's number one. I don't, I don't know how I'm going to talk talk myself out of this. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean, when I'm listening to it independently, every time I make my list, I'm like, I hope Chris doesn't like this. And then when you also shit talk it, I'm very pleased. So thank you. There have been times when you've like bottom scored my favorite songs. (laughs) No, it has happened before. And I have reacted viscerally (laughs) on and off camera, more viscerally (laughs) off camera, though. Yeah, it hurts so much. (laughs) Number 11, Butterflies and Hurricanes. Apocalypse, please. Uh, I, I hate spelling that word. <laughs> Number 10, Sing for Absolution. Uh, falling Away With You and Interlude, both falling combined. Away With You. That's a corn song. Uh, that's actually Falling Away From Me, but okay. Anyways, number nine, Ruled By Secrecy. Time is running out. Time is running out the match. Number eight, Blackout. Number eight, sing for absolution. You have to like recalculate your entire thing because like the numbers are a little different. Are you are you still good to go? No, no, I'm I'm completely good to go. I'm just not happy with the amount of matches we're not getting. Well, this one doesn't match either. It's number seven, time is running out. It's ruled by secrecy. Okay, well, I mean, those two have already been said. Then that's fine. Good. That gives a little more something something penis power. Number six, falling away with you. Good, because this one was said to blackout, I think. Yes, yes, it was. Excellent. That was my number eight. Uh (laughs) just the way I wrote a letter and I didn't even write the whole thing. What what the hell is the name of the song? I already forgot it because it's just a single letter. Okay. Uh number five, the small print. I wrote it as the small P. (laughs) Oh god. Uh, number five, thoughts of a dying atheist. Now, my all of my top five are very, very, very close in score. So it was really, what did I want to hear more of? And it was so hard to do this. Yeah, my top five went between eight to ten in the score. So yeah, just very th- things are very close. Number four, thoughts of dying atheist. Ooh, there's the one off. Yeah, it is. The small print is number four. This oh wow that's even better double whammy, the small p. Oh, I'm so scared. What if we get the next three? Well, we can't because my number three is apocalypse. Please, dang, my number three is hysteria. Hysteria. Well, this is the make or break because my number two is hysteria. My number two is butterflies and hurricanes. Oh, okay. So I like that one. We get two then because number one. 
Stockholm Syndrome. Stockholm Syndrome. I like that song. I am so pissed that I didn't hear this song in high school. Like, I have missed out on 20 years of listening to this song. And I don't know how that happened. You know, somebody like us who listens to a lot of music, right? And somebody comes up to me and they'll they'll say like, oh, who sings this song? I'm like, it's, it's Wannabe by the Spice Girls. How do you not know this? I'm that person to people who listen to this album. <laughs> like, who is this? They're like, uh, everyone's heard this. I'm like, oh, God. <laughs> really? Yeah, that's me every time I introduce a new album to you on this goddamn show. Yeah, and you're like, you my heard this mother. One? Yeah, my mother knows this. Yep. Yeah. My dead great-grandmother hums this from the grave. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> I can say that she's been dead for 20 years. <laughs> On that very I, note. I was gonna say I wouldn't tell you not to say it. It's all good. Um, but I got it right number two. I mean we got two matches, is what I meant yeah. to say, but you also got the yeah, sandwiching yeah. idea correct though, more or less. Heck, heck yes. I'm glad that we got at least one. So maybe I'll just shoot yeah. for the shoot for the moon and end up among the stars. Yeah, yeah, you wish. <laughs> maybe next I think next week's album's like 11 songs or something yeah. like that. So just just guess Ooh. like 9. Scary. Scary. <laughs> well, uh that that's next week. We still have one more thing to do on this podcast. We have to rate dun, the dun, record, dun. you know, kind of the title track of the whole damn thing. So transitional screens and let's do it. Swish. Woo. Oh man, it's been like a whole half season since we've seen this and by that I mean a whole week that we were off that we didn't get to see. This. <laughs> but we're back. Look at that and the album rating screen and such and everything like that. Looking good, uh, depending on what good is in your definition. Not that the B tier is necessarily bad, but how full it is is terrible. <laughs> uh, yeah, I anything I say going forward is going to ruin my score, or it's going to ruin the surprise of the score. So, uh, but to be fair, though, I mean, the last album we did, Weezer's Blue Album, uh, yeah. again, that redemption arc, Weezer was the worst band on the show, and now <laughs> has actually, I think, not hasn't knocked yeah. you out of the top 10. Uh no, I still have Foo Fighters color and shape at number uh number 9. Ooh, getting close. No, number 8. Number 8 because Weezer is just trailing Foo Fighters. Uh, so I okay. still have number 8 and then I have number 11, but that's that'll never come back to the top 10. No, it's impossible at this point. Yeah. Hanging on for dear life will muse maybe knock you down, knock you up. What's that's that sounded weird to say. I apologize for that last part there. What will happen here? We're gonna find out now with Muse's Absolution. Where does it go on our album rating screen? Uh you're gonna go first because I went first last time for Weezer. Okay. And normally I have some yap yap words to preface this, but I've been yap yapping through the entire review. So just to summarize it, never heard Muse, like this album 87.92. Wow, that's just under Krung bin for you. I know, and I did not. It The songs I liked, I really liked. And when I was listening to them, I actually put them on the playlist while they were playing. I didn't lie and say I was going to do it and then never do it. So, I mean, if that is not a, a giveaway of how much I liked it. Well, I, I don't know how that couldn't be a, not a giveaway because, I mean, your score is like the second highest you've ever given on this damn show. So 87.92, you said. 87.92. Just wanted to make sure I got that right. You yeah. do this and you do this math right here. What? Why did you have to do that? Okay, good. Oh, easy peasy. It, it went to like a fraction. It just uh, like, yeah. like a one slash eight. I'm just like, what the fuck does that mean? But I, I see it now anyways. 
Uh, so cool. Glad you liked it. Um, I did not anticipate an 87 out of you, but I will I absolutely either. take that. Whereas me, I didn't even need to hear the damn thing, but it's still pretty damn high score regardless because I put mine at 78.33 uh, because I don't know. There's still things I liked about it, but then the songs I didn't like really dragged it down. Yeah. But with that said, it is still indeed an A tier album, A minus to be specific because it is 83.12%. What the fuck? 83.12. 83.12%. Number five on the list, nestled between Mr. Bungle and Queens of the Stone Age. Oh, see you later, Dave. Girl, you're going down one more step. <laughs> Whatever. No, me and me and Davey Boy, we're gonna grasp on to number nine forever. Uh, top ten, ten still counts. So I'm allowed to drop down two before I completely lose my shit. So you just gotta we'll see. You have to get good. I am. I have been trying. I have been trying. I even got a haircut, and it didn't work. No, but I mean, it it helped your own personal score, though. So there you go. And uh, also, I guess it doesn't translate. You can also at least take some sort of solace in knowing that I didn't technically choose this album. This is an anniversary. That is literally the first thing I think of when you mention, like, oh, where's Savannah in the top 10? All I think is, man, he better not have picked this. Because looking at, what, K, seven, K, 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 seven K, K. Ks in a row on the list. The most list. racist line you can ever look at. It's all Chris's top albums. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I know. This oh. is so sad. A lot of Ks, but it's uh, very friendly to everyone. You're all welcome, I promise. I'm, I'm reclaiming the Ks. <laughs> Yeah, there may be a lot of Ks, but I'm not okay. It's terrible. Well, you obviously are because you help score a lot of them up that high. That, that is true. That I really fucking killed it on this one, so you're welcome. You, Yeah, you did. You, you pulled through. I, I honestly thought you would have put it at like 81, 82, but 87.92. Yeah. Goddamn. I, I never know until I add it all up, and then I'm like, you know what? This is clearly a... Uh, pure representation of what i think and then when you say that yours is so much lower it hurts my heart i mean like with me the bottom six and lower 7.5 and lower but then yeah. like the top six are like t between 10 and 8 well, it's not too so bad. i mean like I again, a couple tens <laughs> one ten and that's stockholm syndrome hysteria uh, was 9.5 and so was apocalypse please so there you go very oh, close nice. very very close course endlessly was a 5.5 didn't like it <laughs> oh shit you really did it wow i thought it was yeah, trash. I, I only dropped it down to high six low seven wow well speaking of our scores i mean you've just gotten all that information you've heard what we think about these songs you think you've heard you heard what we think about the album especially what savannah thought about it holy shit with that <laughs> giant ass high score and another a tier album by the way so that's pretty goddamn awesome so you know what thank you very much for making it this far through the review for listening to us listening to this album and you gotta let us know what you thought of this album down in the comments below wherever you're listening because once again there's comments wherever you might be listening or watching this thing like what do you think of the album ranking the songs rating the record we want to hear all of your opinions on it do you agree or disagree with us do you love it as much as savannah uh do you like it as much as me do you like it lower or less or whatever regardless yeah. let us know because discourse good communication let's Yes, and tell me more things to listen to, or, um, yeah, just that thing. Yeah, nice. If, if we've determined anything on the show, Savannah likes to listen to anything that she didn't choose. She likes my albums. Uh, her, <laughs> her highest rated one is a request, and uh, the highest anniversary of that one she did is also better than any album she's reviewed. So if this hasn't proven So you're you right. Have... <laughs> I should get good. Thank you. Thank you. 
I, I've been arguing for a year, a year, two years now that your your tastes are inferior. And like, we have so many episodes now no, for proof, like no, a vault Chris, of proof. Chris, my choices aren't inferior. They're infuriating. <laughs> Both. Infuriating. There you go. That, that's that's like a, a tragic mix of both negative things. Two <laughs> negatives make a double negative. That's how this works. Exactly. Yes. You push two to eight negative ends to batter together and they just explode. <laughs> yep. Yep. And then my brain gets fried and that's where we're at now. What are we talking about right now? I have no idea, but what I should be telling you to do is to go to ratedirector.ca, uh, make sure that you're following us everywhere and doing all that kind of stuff. There are streaming links to whatever you need to find over there. All of our social media links, which include Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, and Threads. Uh, there you can get merch over there. You can request album. And of course, the RTR Club that you can join for five bucks a month. And you know you get bonus yeah. content, early access to stuff. We'll read your band's music. You get shout outs, expedited requests, all that fun stuff. If that sounds interesting to you, five bucks a month, the RTR Club. All of that found at ratetherecord.ca. One more time, just to make sure it's nailed in your head. Ratetherecord.ca. I don't know if echoing works, but I'll take it. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> You know what? It's ratetherecord.ca if you missed whatever it was I was oh, trying no, to Oh, no, not four times. They'll forget. That's too many times. Oh, damn it. They'll forget that you said ratetherecord.ca, so I'll remind you one more time. Ratetherecord.ca for six <laughs> times. There you go. Two threes. You have to double remember now. I don't think anyone's here still. They've no, already left. No, absolutely not. I, I think they left in the first couple of minutes when they realized what the hell we're talking about. <laughs> But if you still are indeed here, then I guess we'll give you a little bit of a, a sneak preview of what to expect next week, because that's what we do all the time at the end of these podcasts. So we're in the second half of season five now. That was the anniversary. We're going back to a regular album next week. It is a choice by me. I chose it. And we're nice. actually staying in the early 2000s with the next one we have, because it's actually a Canadian punk band that we're going to be doing. Woo! That was pretty interesting. They have been around since 1994, kind of like Muse, actually. Uh, and next week album is actually when they truly hit their stride in the early 2000s. Kind of like Muse, actually. Cool. It's not propaganda, is it? Are they Canadian? They are. They're from Winnipeg. Oh, then yes, it is propaganda. You guessed it. Nice. <laughs> Excellent. Uh, it's going to sound terribly different to what any propaganda fan is going to remember. So just understand we're, we're doing something you probably <laughs> stick haven't Stick with heard. us here. Yeah. We're doing a lot us. of B-sides and stuff like that. Uh, <laughs> well, I mean, if you can actually guess what it is, then go ahead and try to do that. That should be fun to try to poke out if you can. But if not, no problem. We'll see you back here next week. So until then, go listen to some awesome music like Muse's absolutely yes. happy 20th anniversary. And we'll see you again real soon. So take care, friends. Bye-bye. Well, huzzah fucking hurrah. Nice.